At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. That it does. You know, it's it's actually really like the sixth hour of the podcast right now as we begin anew this week. And uh, there will be no magical tales of me uh, pooping my pants on this week's edition of the show. But it is the fifth hour available, as you know by now, because you're listening to the podcast wherever you can get your podcast. The global reach of the iHeart Podcast Network. And we are here every week for at least one good hour. And during football season... We are degenerate gambling losers and handicap every, literally every uh, game in the NFL regular season unless I get sick and have my gallbladder taken out. Then we don't do that. But it is time to start anew here. And we have quite the beginning to uh, mess around with because David Gascon has worked his magic yet again, known as Gagon, on the internet here. And uh, this is a new record for you, Gascon. Yeah. This is a full hour delay in recording the podcast. Congratulations. I I think we might actually have to say like an hour and what, 34 minutes? Yes, Uh, that's about right. Hour and and 34 minutes of delay. And to paint the picture here, so uh, I log in from the the studio that I use into the central uh, studio there. Batcave. And the we have a special podcast studio, which is only really used for podcast. And yeah. so I, I do, like I always do, I log in regularly. Yeah. And I hear... <laughs> so I'm like, oh boy, that sucks. You know, that's uh, you can't really do a podcast with... 
so I tell Gascon, I say, hey, it's all uh, it's all fucked up. You know, something's wrong here. And yeah. uh, and what did you tell me, Gascon? Do you remember what you told me? I said, uh, exercise some patience. I said, you That's fucked up. That's a lie. Well, whatever I said, why don't you go tweet about it and actually quote me on it? <laughs> I will do, do that. Well, I, I will ask you. At least I had the courtesy, unlike, uh, and we'll get to that later, but unlike uh, a guy I work with, Eddie Garcia, yeah, who well, broke the bubble of trust. Well, that's different. I asked you, so I did not yeah. break the bubble of trust. Yeah, and I gave you the green light. There's no surprise that he would uh, try to chop you from the knees from behind, but, uh, you know, different guys, so it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, well, that's but, a different story. You guys stay focused here. So, I am. anyway. I just did. Okay, so I told you to exercise some patience. I told you to switch the Comrex. You, I told you, you told to re- me to reconnect because, of did, course, you assumed it was my or, problem. Well, uh, God forbid it would be your problem. What? The lack of it, foresight by you. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. Right? I, I'm not an engineer by trade, so the yeah. fact that I had to bring four different engineers in here to get the fucking thing right, uh-huh. and it took us 94 minutes, I yeah. would safely say that it wasn't on me, considering the fact that I did No, I believe on- it was, because you should you should have... You should have predicted that this was going to happen because there's a problem every week, Gascon. There's some insignificant, irrelevant thing that causes major problems. I know, and you'll cover this in your own studio during your regular Monday through Friday show as well, considering the fact that there's usually an arm, a leg, a letter, or trash that's in your studio so i am mr sunshine i don't talk about that at all not at all i do not i uh, i learned from a program director bo bennett back in the day one of my early program directors bo bennett taught me that you should never talk about what's wrong at the radio station you should only talk about what's working at the radio station i've always followed that creed my entire life and uh, i i love radio engineers because i've worked at even I've worked at Fox for a long time. I've worked at other places, and they all are cut out of the same cloth. Yeah. There's like a certain personality where one becomes a radio technical engineer. They, they feel like snipers, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're crazy, and they, they all have the, kind of the same personality. They, they, they all know all the thingamabobs and the, you know, the, the doohickeys and the whatchamacallits and the gadgets and the gizmos and all that crap. Yeah. And um, it was fascinating uh, just imagining, and you, you actually took some photos. You were giving photographic play-by-play yeah. as there were literally four, four <laughs> engineers to make sure this podcast is up. So hopefully people will uh, in, enjoy the podcast. Yeah, it's, but I'm, it's like yeah. brain surgery, right? You don't have just one doctor in there. You have about four or five different physicians in there kind of going through the different parts of the body the anatomy the the brain itself and that's exactly what we had here in a in a studio which apparently had just dirt inside of a patch that connected you to us us to you yeah so what we did is we we got a mop out and uh, we were able to scrub a dub dub and uh, make that go away. So it's very exciting. Now that we've wasted a good solid five minutes on the fact that we couldn't get on to do the podcast because of some interference now, we can actually do the podcast. I have decided today not to give a rundown, Gascon, because you told me in podcasting you don't really need to give a rundown. Well, you just do it. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I guess in, in certain podcasts, wherever you are, I think you traditionally start off with, well, I had a great trip last night. I, I did some ayahuasca, or I had some wine. I <laughs> yes, was... yes. I, I killed a buffalo. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> buffalo meat it tastes really good. Let me tell you something. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think the silver lining with all this is that because of the technical issues here, 
you were not allowed to patch through a guy from uh, so the East Coast onto the Oh, podcast. that's right. Well, that's what you were referring to, of course, the great Marcel in Brooklyn, who I'm convinced now that the Maller Militia has decided that they are turning our show, the overnight show, into an episode of Punked. <laughs> And it's who can goof on Marcel the most. So my man Marcel, who I enjoy, I get a kick out of Marcel. People are starting to turn on him. He was voted the caller of the year by the Maller Militia in a democracy. The people voted for Marcel to be the caller of the year. And so he calls me up the other night. And out of the blue says, uh, you know, breaking news, I'll be co-hosting. The fifth hour podcast on Friday with Ben Maller. Wow. So where is he, Gascon? Where is Marcel? Why is Marcel not here? Well, thankfully, we don't record the podcast on Fridays. We publish on Fridays. Oh, is that right? We don't. I thought we recorded this in real time. I thought we did this on Friday. We don't. We don't. No, we don't. Sometimes we do it on Monday, depending on your schedule. No, we've never done it on Monday. (laughs) We've we've never done it on Sunday or Saturday or Tuesday. We have done it on Wednesday, but you have you forced me to adjust my schedule to cater to yours and your your bed routine. Yes. Yes. A total diva. I am the Beyonce of Fox Sports Radio to accommodate my schedule. Yes. Very difficult because normally the way this works is the producer of the podcast. We go around that person's schedule. That's normally how these things work. Yes. Well, different producers are the ones that tend to put on the show for the host. Eh. (laughs) You know this Eh. quite well. (laughs) Yes, I do. Yes. From sin to salvation, clearly. Uh, But as far as Marcel is concerned. Yes. I don't know which one of you knuckleheads in the Maller Militia told him that he would be co-hosting the the podcast. We have yet to put anyone on. I've tried. I've asked. I've said, "Hey, Gascon, I've got a whole you know Rolodex of people in my iPhone. I can call up people I've met over the years, old players, coaches, yeah. media people. We can put them on here, and we can you know just do that as the podcast and do an interview. We could put callers on. We could have Chris in Houston come on and do a segment. We could you know go with the Mark the full name guy and his neurosis and all that. And it, you you've shot me down every time. No, 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 no. I, I yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, there's a select group of people I'd love to have on as a guest. That includes Kenny Albert, Chris Myers. <laughs> um, those are two that come to my mind initially. That's right. Gascon's idea is to use this podcast as a vehicle to help enhance his standing, well, our standing in media. Our standing. I, no, I, I'm fine. I, no, I'm, sta- no, I'm sitting. Fine. I'm not even standing you're, in media. I'm st- I'm not mainstream. No. I'm fine not being mainstream. Now, I wouldn't mind a nice TV opportunity because yeah. that would be okay. But of for right now, I'm very happy just being in the shadows, hiding out in the darkness no, of the no. overnight. No, you're not some dark knight that comes and saves people at night. I am. Play, I save people from insomnia. You know, Bruce I'm, Wayne during the day. That's that's no, not I you. am. No, no, no. Listen, uh, uh, the audio superhero. Seriously, people are depressed. You don't understand who's listening to the radio. Oh, at I night. do. You're, you you can't handle the overnight. You got people that are depressed. They're not happy with their job. They got medical problems going on. They got all kinds of things that bring them to the show. And we enlighten them, and they get a couple of laughs. I think you're one of those people that's on social media now and trying to create an anxiety about the coronavirus. And so you just <laughs> yeah, mentioned exactly with, with, with the amount of depression and sickness and flu and, and all these bad things that are happening, you love negative radio because positive radio does not resonate. So therefore, the people that do chime in, all you do is you continue to pour salt on the wounds 
of those well, that first are of all, uh, the whole point of any media is to get a reaction out of people. Yes. I think that's the reason that this exists. And if you're if people don't react, they don't watch or listen. So well. that's obvious. Human nature is if you know the plane lands, it's not a story. If right. the plane doesn't land, it's film. You know, film at eleven. Right. Uh, we'll have the details, and so. That's how it's always worked, but that—that's not my problem. That's—that's that's the problem of uh, whoever designed human beings. These weird cells that we all are. That's how it all, you know. And, and I love these guys. There's always one one douchebag in the back of the room. They say, "Well, you know, you're too negative. Uh, you should be more positive." And uh, of course, this person is the uh, is the the, the village idiot, uh, if you will, in the room. But as far as I want to go back to Marcel here because uh, he is. He thinks he's Edward R. Murrow, uh, breaking news, you know, Walter Cronkite, old school TV guy back in the day. Paul but in reality, he's br- a mix of Brian Williams and Jason Blair <laughs> is what he is. It's, it's just fascinating. He, he reported uh, that George Washington was killed, Marcel did, by uh, Charlie Brown. Uh, that was one of his reports. Uh, apparently, he's never heard of George Washington or Charlie Brown. And he reported the most famous one from our guy, the milkman in Colorado, that the Titanic had just hit an iceberg. So the first, the, the George Washington story came from Robin Vegas. The Titanic one came from our friend in Colorado. I do not know who set Marcel up. Saying he was going to be a guest on the podcast, we, but I, we need uh, Marcel, I'm sorry you're not uh, on the podcast. And it's not my fault. I, I advocated for you. I wanted you to be on the podcast, but Gascon's a douchebag over there, and he would not allow you on. I just think that uh, we have limited time on this kind of a platform, especially when it gets condensed because of technical difficulties. And so I think we need to maximize it with good quality material as opposed to anything of that sort. Yeah. All right. Uh, just to look back at last week, uh, I think the podcast did pretty well, considering most of it was talking about shitting. Yeah. I, the, uh, the, the bulk of the questions I got from people that liked the podcast were like, what the fuck was he thinking keeping his underwear? I had yeah, no people idea. were very disturbed that I, I kept the soiled underwear. They yes. were bothered by this, that this is problematic and I have some kind of uh, uh, addiction to feces or something like that. Yeah. And no, I don't. I uh, wash them. They're fine now. That's, that's Transport good. was a bit of an issue, but you know, once you got through the transport stage, uh, you're all right. I was a little caught off guard that your wife actually would have come to the defense of the Costco employee as opposed to you. When you were sampling, well, the yeah, samples? listen. Uh, the, let me tell you something about the wife. Okay, uh, she is not in the sample game. Okay, she's not. So uh, what? she doesn't understand the sample game. She's on this like gluten-free diet. She can't eat ninety percent of the samples at Costco. <sighs> and what's ha- when I go to Costco with my wife? She she shops, and I stock the samples. Yeah, that's what I do. I I am on the prowl. For those little mini hot dogs and and tacos and all those things, that's what I'm in. Uh, that's where I am. So she doesn't even know what's going on with the sample game. She does not. Which is more the reason why I am just perplexed that she would come to the aid of someone providing you with free samples and then taking a shot at you, as opposed to you. That's that's blood right there, man. Well, no, see, she wouldn't because, she, like I said, she wouldn't be around me while I'm doing the samples. Well, she would be unaware of what's going on. I understand that, but hypothetically speaking, she did say, hey, I would come to her defense and not Ben's. 
Yeah, but she doesn't understand the tone of that angry old woman yeah. at Costco that a- asked me to buy the product. Yeah. And, uh, you know, listen, I like the, the Costco sample people. They don't actually work for Costco. They subcontract that out, so yeah. they're, they're not Costco employees. But they're certainly not a protected class. They're not untouchable. Not at all. Who made them a sacred cow? Yeah. I mean, do your job. It doesn't matter. Yeah, just keep – it shouldn't matter who, how many samples people take because you've got to keep putting them out anyway. Right. That's exactly right? You put them out all day. Now, the only reason I thought for a second of why she would come to her defense and not yours is probably because she knows that you're frugal and it took you 20 years to remodel the kitchen. And, and <laughs> yeah. it a catastrophe yeah. to have that done. So that could be one reason. Well, I know you like to lavish her with praise, and I don't know why you are choosing to do this right now on the podcast. She hates you, by the way. She always says, why do you do the podcast with Gascon? That's Can't not you find true. somebody else? She, she specifically has said, I'm the beacon of light in your life outside of her. And I provide energy. It's a dark enthusiasm. light, apparently. It's a very dark oh, that's, light. That's fine. That's where you're, we're at right you now. You realize, I know you're a narcissist and all, but you are not held in the same reverence that you think you're held in. Well, you're not. I, you uh, you have choose. a very high opinion of yourself. Someone has to. That's true. Somebody does have to. Might I point out? Yes. And I don't know if I should say this on the podcast or not, but I did have a brief conversation with the sheriff, all right, with the chief. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> let me tell you something. He agrees with the Maller militia that uh, Gascon, his kid, uh, Bad Park, needs to be punished. Well, In fact, I don't know if I should quote him or not, but he, he said he might have to pull out his uh, ticket book. How about that? Uh, that'd be actually amazing if he can, he can do that. You know, he a month ago, he gave me some old scripts that he was a part of back in the day. Do you remember uh, 21 Jump Street with Johnny I Depp? I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I remember So that show, my yeah. dad showed me some old – my dad's a pack rat, so he showed me some old television scripts that he was actually a part of. He had some creative content that was, that was used, and so he got credit for that with those – the initial pilot and a couple of the episodes as well because he worked with – you know, Stephen Botchko back in the day and a couple of these other guys once, you know, people were obviously creating these these uh these television shows that are that are based on you know, cops and conflict and, and whatnot. So Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I you can give me you can give me what the, the chief did say, but I will counter that with this. I actually received a, an email um that was targeted for you. That I, it came to my possession. It said, oh, "Here we go. First, <laughs> let me say, you guys, uh, you guys wait, 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 are wait. podcast disclaimer, 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 disclaimer. Now, I'm sure this is going to be very impressive and a remarkable email and put you in the finest light. Uh, the if you were to do a, you know, baskets like in one basket you have the negative email about Gascon, yeah. and in the other basket you have the pos- the positive." The negative outweighs the positive uh, roughly 200 to 1. But this this fan of yours specifically said, first, let me say you guys are podcast gold. Listen every week without fail. Been listening to Ben for as long as he's been on the radio lying. And then points out, and G is money in caps as a co-host. Hope we continue to get this done. So. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, that's that's great praise. You got to read the last line there. I'm looking at the email right now. I have the inbox up. It's sound. It's signed John Gascon. <laughs> I guess that's a cousin of yours. No, Is that a cousin, John Gascon? Is that right? John yeah. in my family. It's, oh no, it's that guy running for the uh, L.A. District Attorney, right? George. Yeah. George. Is he related to George? People no. have been at. My wife asked me any relation no, to George Gascon. No, not at all. Yeah. Because that guy's like anti-police, right? George Gascon. Yeah, he's up yeah, in San Francisco. So. Oh, of course. They probably want people shitting on the streets all over the place. That's he, what they do. In San Francisco, right? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much <laughs> yeah. San Francisco. Of course, they do it in LA too. So, <laughs> yeah, I, it, the entire West Coast. There's a streak of brown from uh, Seattle all the way to San Diego. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, so I, I wanted to mention, I, I I told this story briefly on the radio, but I didn't get into detail. And some guys said, hey, can you please on the podcast enlighten us on the club, what happened at the ballet? Because everyone loves a good ballet story. So years ago when I was doing local radio, and I've told a little bit of this story. I don't know if I've gotten into the great detail. But uh, we, we I was doing a nighttime show in L.A., and our sales department thought, well, we'll just send these yahoos anywhere. And so we were doing remote broadcasts, which everyone in radio hates. Everybody, they'll say, they they might lie and say they like them, but they hate them. Because you go out there to some restaurant, or when you do local radio and you do it at night, back in those days, you would go to restaurants, bars, uh, you name it, businesses, and you would broadcast. You'd set up a little card table, and you'd do the show. Uh, and people would come by and stare at you like you're a, a monkey in a cage, uh, and they would look at you and all that. And so, but I used to do this like for for the first few years of my career as a talk show host, three usually three nights a week, Monday night football. We would do something then. We'd do something Thursday and Friday because those were the nights that we could get people to pay to have us come do the radio show. And one of the people they got to pay was a strip club in L.A. And this guy that ran the strip club said, hey, you know what we're going to do is we're going to open up a sports bar in the back of the strip club. 
Right, that's what we're going to do, and it's going to be uh, wonderful. And we want to get guys who like sports and you know and strippers to come down, right? Have a good time, knock yourself out. So, so anyway, so w- we get hired to do the show from the sports bar in the back, and this thing had just opened. Nobody knew about it. You had to walk past the strip club to get into this place. The fun, I, That's the funniest thing, right? They wanted to get people to bring like their families to come have a nice uh, Philly cheesesteak and watch a game. But you had to like bring the wife and the kids past the entrance of the strip club. But anyway, we, we did that. The only people in there were the, the ballet dancers. The, they were on break, and they to get away from the creepy guys in the club, they would walk down to the sports bar and hang out. So we're doing the show, and the audience is filled with strippers on break and the bartenders on break, right? And so then the guy's like, he's getting upset because there's not a lot of people there, and he's like, hey, the guy that ran the place comes up. I remember he came up to me, and I was doing the show with uh, Dave Smith, and uh, he says, hey, can you know? I think you should interview these ladies. You know, this is the largest gentleman's club in, in the Los Angeles, uh, San Fernando Valley, I believe. Is the, the, that was their, their title back in, the, back in the day. So he said, just interview the strippers. You know, because guys will hear a woman's voice. They get all excited. They want to come down and uh, see the ladies. Uh, and so, okay, so we go up to the, to the dancers, the ballet dancers, the strippers. Like, hey, can we put you on the radio? Like eight of the, there were like ten of them that were shuffling in and out. Eight of the ten refused. Oh. To, because they they all gave us some version of hey I you know I'm just doing this I'm going to UCLA and I'm just doing this for a little extra money nobody knows I'm here I don't want to talk on the radio because somebody might recognize my voice that kind of stuff yeah. or you know this is just my part time job I have another job I'm a respected member of the community you know but there were like two like complete horish women that love talking but everyone else uh, they they didn't want to talk. And uh, I, I remember that. And the other thing I remember is that after, you know, I was single at the time, and we would go into the ballet after we got done doing the show. And they'd let us in. And one time I went in there with a, a TV guy that had been working at our radio station, and we walked in there, and the owner of the strip club was so excited to see us. He came, he came running over, so excited that we're hanging out at his ballet here, watching the uh, the every the activity, the boobies shaking, all that stuff. So we're so he comes up to us, he's very guys who shakes our hand, you know, oh man, I'm so happy you guys are here, big fan, all this stuff. He then proceeds to hand uh, me a couple of vouchers to get into the establishment next time, you know, free passes or whatever, and free drink cards. Yeah. And uh, he then hands the TV guy a VIP gold card. So everything is free every time he comes for the re- you know for like the, for life. Oh man, <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, "What an asshole!" Ah, uh, the memories. Wow. What uh, what time of the day was it? I know it was night, but is it like eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, one o'clock? Because you were single then, so yeah. So we would do the show from that show at night. I think was uh, it was. Seven to midnight, and for, it was seven to eleven for a stretch, and then I think eventually it became like seven to ten. But for a long time, it was seven to midnight, so it was a five-hour monstrosity, <laughs> and it was all live. Then none of it was on tape. I know a lot of these guys taped their stuff, but this was uh, completely live. Now, did you were you a frequent visitor of the ballet after that? I was not, um, and I. You know, I, I've, I've not. I mean, I don't hate the ballet. I'll go you know, back in the day. I used to go with with guys. You know, friends of mine would go out. But I, it's kind of like the equivalent of you would like a nice 
cheeseburger and you go and look at a cheeseburger spin around. Yeah. You know, and just touch your your teeth, but you can't actually bite into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like going to a steakhouse and walking in, smelling everything, and then having to walk out. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I get it. I understand. You know, uh, otherwise it becomes a whorehouse. But, uh, yeah. but you know, it's like, you know, it's just like really, I'm going to waste, you know, it's a lot of money. You can't go in there and not spend a, a good chunk of money. Have you ever spent a good chunk of money inside of a ballet? Uh, not my money. I have one time I got some funny money to play with, oh. and, but that wasn't my money. That was, they said, here, you could knock yourself out. But, uh, that was, you know, while I was in Vegas, actually, that was a guy that was a fan of the show that, that hooked us up. What about you, Gascon? You a big guy, you a big star. I mean, and you know, I was doing another uh, ballet story. <laughs> this is great. This place isn't around anymore. The Hollywood Tropicana. <laughs> Remember, I don't, you probably don't even remember that. I do not. So I was living in Hollywood at the time, and this was right near the 101 freeway. I think yeah. it's like a warehouse or something like that. Uh, it's not far away from, uh, for those that live in the Los Angeles area, that Tommy's in Hollywood, which is on the opposite side. It's it's in that general area. Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, going with my buddies there. We're hanging out because I was living in Hollywood, and... There were several TV stations that were just down the block. L.A. TV, I think the CBS station, the ABC station had, at that time, they had their offices just down the street. And it was hilarious because between the 6 o'clock news and the 11 o'clock news, we saw several of the anchors who walked over to kill the time between newscasts into the Hollywood <laughs> Tropicana. It was hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, that, that reminds me of a, of a great story. And you, you, would, you would know exactly who this is, but I, I, will, not, uh, I will not punt the name any, anywhere near you. Um, one of my first internships was with a local television station here in Los Angeles when I was down at San Diego State, and it was during the summertime. And I got off of a shift. I don't know if you remember back in the day with, with how those internships worked, but oftentimes if you were in production, you'd be required to log. You'd be logging game tape of time codes. So, like, let's say the Dodgers and the Angels were playing, and you wanted to record a highlight. Well, you had a log from when that sequence started to when it ended. So I did that for eight hours a day, three or four days during the week, during the summertime. Well, an off day, a Saturday night, I went with some buddies to a to a hamburger spot off the 91 freeway. It's on the way towards Orange County. And uh, across the street from it was a ballet. And lo and behold, a giant purple bus rolled up with a couple prominent sportscasters. Yeah. And uh and yeah, and right behind them as they got off, they were still in their suits from their from their shows. Uh, right when they got off, all of a sudden behind them was a laundry list of of uh, professional dancers that uh, that accompanied them inside and out. And I'm really, like, and who is this? You uh, want to name some names? No, here, I don't. I, I said that. You do not. I said that two minutes right. ago. I thank you for listening. Well, but, I just, uh, maybe you've changed your mind. No, I have not. Minutes, uh, I would uh, not yeah. do that. So no. this is like a Jerry Jones party bus, and uh, he's having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. So needless to say, we all walked in together, and I said, "Hey, I." Saw you a couple hours ago. It's so nice to see you outside of the work environment. That, that, yeah. remi- that reminds me of another time. Uh, we were doing a remote at, uh, there's a, a sports bar in Santa Monica. And uh, we were out, you know, five hours. Just, it was crazy. Um, 
and we're hanging out in Santa Monica doing this thing. And at the near the end of the show, I go over to the bar area and I I see someone I recognize who was a big sports anchor at one of the TV stations. Yet again, these are all about TV people I've known. So this guy, yeah. this guy's a, a, a TV anchor, like a sportscaster in L.A who is completely shit-faced drunk <laughs> at the bar, right? Just, I mean, he's like probably shitting his pants and the whole thing. It's so, so anyway, he sees me, and I see him. And he, even though he is completely intoxicated, right? I mean, this guy is not just drunk. There's this not he is so boozed up and schnockered that it's amazing he can even breathe at this point, right? Yeah. So but he sees me and this drunken stupor. He said, Malum, if you mention anything about this on the radio, I'll have you killed. <laughs> oh man. That's good. Now who was this again? Oh, I'll tell you in the sixth hour, which I think this is now the sixth hour, but I love that booze-induced anger. Yeah. You know, I love that, and I, we've talked about it before, and I studied since I do the, the show at night during the week, and, and yeah. really not so much during the week, because I think most people during the week are working, you know, factory jobs, driving trucks, police officers, whatever. They've got jobs. They're not complete drunks. But when I did the weekend overnight, it, it was nothing but alcoholics that were calling me up nonstop, right? Just feeling no pain and all that stuff and uh, seeing the pink spiders, whatever you want to say. And uh, so, so I, I, I know there's like there's four types of drunks. Do you know the four types of drunks, Gascon? We we went over us once. I, I yeah. don't. Uh, you don't remember? No, it's like the pleasant or the go lucky. Well, there's, no, it's the, the, the Hemingway, which is the same whether they're drunk or not drunk. That's the Hemingway drunk. There's the Mary Poppins. They're the ones that get nicer and happier. Yeah. They're the ones that are typically a schmuck, and then they have a couple of pops, and they're hugging you, and they're, oh, I love you so much. Then there's the nutty professor who becomes more social. Now, I generally am the nutty professor. I don't become sweeter and happier, but I'm more open to talk when I have a couple of pops. And then there's the Mr. Hyde, which is what that TV guy I just referenced was, where you become hostile, and you want to fight everyone when you have a couple of uh, shots of booze. Yeah. I I would imagine that guy that probably went up to you was probably like 5'7", 5'8". To top it off, too. So, oh yeah, they're all they're not that five yeah, eight little, against six foot five. Six yeah, foot I mean, I would have, <laughs> I would have just uh, smashed them. I just would have, it would have been over. Anyway, all right, do it. I, I got grab bag. What else? I, I, I gotta, I gotta add yeah, something. You have something free. else? Yeah, I do. Right. Um, and I gotta get your opinion on this too. All right. Um, I went to a, I went to a convention last week. I, I know that we had talked about possibly you know getting you out to to uh goodwin field for cal state fullerton and tulane uh yeah. you said you want to participate in the extravaganza so you missed some good baseball there well but, what what did i actually say uh you said no i don't want to do shit with you if it's free uh, yes uh said. yes i said i i said the free pro bono work that i do stops at this podcast yeah that's exactly what you said so exactly anyways, what i said yeah I, so i bring that up because of this prior to me going to those three games to call them I went to the Anaheim Convention Center for the first time. Oh, I used to hang out there. I watched when I was a kid. That's the first place I ever saw professional wrestling. Really? Yes. Okay. It, it, it was. I don't know if it's better now. I, the, I also covered a Clipper game. The Clippers played the Utah Jazz during the LA riots. Yeah. 
and they they couldn't play at the sports arena, so they moved a game. I think it was only one game, but they moved it to the Anaheim Convention Center. Okay, this is my first time, so you'll you'll know exactly what I mean by this. Then, um, I went to an event there called Dream Hack, and it's basically oh, is that a story about your career? Kinda, yes. A dream hack, yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but Ben, I, it, it's a it's an esports gaming convention that was for seventy two hours. And I say 72 hours because that's exactly what it is. It didn't stop. It went from uh, Friday morning until Sunday night, and they didn't close the doors for anyone that was involved in this. Yeah. But you go to the top floor of the of these this convention, and there's different rooms that have like independent video games. They have Fortnite that was there. They had Madden that was there. They had NHL 2020 that was there. Uh, they had a bunch of games, Call of Duty, all this stuff that was going on, but different tents for all these different things. It was almost like Super Bowl week for the media. And then, Ben, I go downstairs underneath to the second floor, and this was like something out of the Matrix. I shit you not. The entire room was black. It was a giant auditorium. Yeah. But then you see green lights everywhere with computer monitors and gaming consoles and it was just kids and adults everywhere locked into a game playing video games. Like, that was it. And then there well, was... You're at a video game convention, though. No, but I know, but they were talking about launching new games and some of the material that they yeah. use. They'd use it for competitions and people were winning money, but, like, I kid you not, there were parents... So I, I, I assume you went to this because you you were looking to gain something out of it did you gain employment uh i gained some some information and i gained some contacts i, I do a lot of networking and so rubbing some rubbing some elbows shaking some hands hopefully not contracting any coronavirus uh, i did a little bit of that but yeah. Ben, i'm just i am amazed let me you- tell you i i am not opposed to being the joe rogan of the video game uh, business and interviewing the guys right after they get done playing the video game but how about this though what about the people that dress up as characters like there were they had oh the the you talking about like the furries no there were there was they have like it's called cosplay but basically women and and men will dress up as video game characters and then play that game in that costume on site. So if you go back to like like there would be, like imagine playing Tomb Raider and someone next to you is Laura Croft. Like she's decked out with some Daisy Duke shorts and a short top and you know a fake pistol in her in her holster or you know guys playing Street Fighter is like Ken and Ryu all this stuff. There were people dressed up yeah. As video game characters, it was just surreal. And then parents- well, it's kind of like you. I mean, you go in there and you dress up like Howard Stern one day, no, your know. hero Colin Cowherd the next oh, day. Colin you had some you great- do a little dress up. What's Colin, that? Had, Colin had some great uh, takes earlier this week. I know I'm I sure shared he did. those to you, and I, I think we should talk about those at one point uh, during this podcast if we have yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. But, we'll do ben, that in the it was just, hour. Uh, but it was just amazing how in this area alone, There'd be kids locked into playing video games, and on the outside area of that, there are parents just sitting down waiting and watching their their kids play. Video yeah, games man, I think it's great. Day. You know, when I was a kid, I'm of the generation where you know when you played video games, and they started becoming really cool when I was a kid. They're yeah. amazing now. They're like next level. I had like Duck Hunt and uh, Super you know, Mario Brothers, Tech Mario Ball? Kart, the original Mario Kart games like that. But yeah. the games today are so much better. But they, you know, parent, every parent when I was a kid, oh yeah, you're not going to do anything. You're going to be a loser if you play video games. Yeah. And I remember we had a, a guy in the Maller Militia from Boston yeah. uh, who was, I, well, I think, 18 years old 
and he is a professional video game player, and he's making, I think he's making over a million dollars a year. That's making funny. more than me. Yeah. A lot more than me. And he, they moved him to L.A. to some gaming house, and he just plays video games yeah. for you know ten hours a day or whatever. Well, see, that's why I went out there because you look at a lot of the independent game manufacturers, and part of the reason is is because they always need voiceover talent for characters for narration, and uh, you know that's why I had gone and talked to some people and filmed things out, and yeah, it's just amazing to me that. We spent so much time back in the day, whether it's like Tecmo Bowl or Double Dribble or Blades of Steel or Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and then obviously the Madden and MLB the Show. And yeah, now these kids are making, you know, five, six, seven figures annually just by staying in, indoors. Now I, I don't know if you're down with that. I don't know if you would be comfortable with that. Um, oh, I hate going outside. I don't like going outside at all. I mean, occasionally I'll go to feed ducks because I'm an old Asian man and I like feeding ducks. But uh, other than that, no. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, right. do you like that cliche that I, uh, the stereotype that I, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I know. I, yeah, I got it. I get it. All right. Uh, let's go to grab bag. We have actual questions from actual listeners. Nothing right. from Marcel, right? Uh, I do not believe so. Okay. All if right. there's any compliments from, from any of the listeners, uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Right. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, here's one from Vols fan Jimmy in Middle Tennessee. He says, Ben, did you panic when you shit your pants 20 minutes before the show? I have listened to the pod that podcast every night this week and i still laugh that is my warm-up until the overnight show comes on but that jimmy really loves uh, hearing about my demise uh no i i didn't really panic because i mean i figured the worst case scenario is i'll just i'll do the the commando thing and i mean i because I, I knew that i've had the gallbladder out since last november and usually, once I get the shits, I'm that's it. I'm good. I, I just have to go one time, and then that's it. It doesn't usually kick back in, but uh, I didn't really panic. You should have. The fact that you had to go to the fourth floor and Ralph led to your demise was a thing <laughs> of beauty. I think that's the best part about all of that. Well, again, the worst part for me was I turned the corner, and I, I, I it's like a running back at the 20-yard line, and you have nothing but open field in front of you, and you see the end zone, the goal line, and before you can even get there, you fumble the ball out of bounds. Yeah. You know, it was that kind of thing. Uh, RJ writes in, says, what meal can you cook the best? None. RJ. Well, listen, I make an amazing cook. pizza, uh, Philly cheesesteak. You burnt your mouth uh, with pizza. I would say the top three, the Philly cheesesteak, the pizza, and fajitas. Oh, Love the fajita. I chop that chicken up, put the, the bell peppers in there, a little garlic on top, th- throw some other things in. Wonderful. No. Abs- I make the great I, – I, I got to open a Mexican restaurant just to serve fajitas. No. Yeah. No. You're embarrassing. True. No. Your your cooking is very oh, please. My my cooking is legendary. No, it's not. You don't cook for the masses. You cook for yourself because you are the only person that would eat that shit. I'd like you to know that my wife eats that most of that shit. <laughs> no, that's not so true. She does. Uh, Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. At Ben365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Jim from Kentucky writes, you don't cook anything, Gaskin. You sent the the dog food that you serve up. Gaskin's idea of cooking is a hungry man's dinner. That's his idea of cooking. I sent you a picture on Monday night, and do you remember what you said to me? That is so west of the 405 cooking right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it was just a plate of, like, disgusting rubbish. It was jackfruit that I had broiled. Jackfruit. You, I the bro- only people I, that eat jackfruit are jackasses. No, no, no. Don't don't be hating on my food. The I'm not hating on your food. I'm just pointing out. I'm a man of the people. I I represent the majority. You're in the minority. No, no, no. You're in the elitist the, west of the this, 405 this class. Took, this took time to prep, which I did, much like what I do on radio and television. Um, I, I, I <laughs> you broiled do a lot it. Of pre- Let me... Uh, let me get my little violin out. Can I get my little you, tiny violin you, you out can. and play you can, it here? You could do that. I chopped up green peppers, uh, or bell peppers, excuse me. I had onions. I had tomatoes. I had cilantro. I had some salsa. I, this thing was this thing was A+. Plus. You would have eaten it for sure. I know your wife would have sang my praises, throwing no, rose petals no, at no, me. You. This is just one of many things that I can cook, and I, I, think, I think you need to take note. Because you've done a great job over the last six, seven months of losing weight. I think this will put you over the top. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. See, what I'm doing is the intermittent fasting, and you don't have to eat that crap, and you can still lose weight. That's fine. That's fine, because then you can eat like shit and then shit on yourself while you go to work. I didn't, I didn't shit because of how I was eating. I shit because, because of, of my gallbladder no, being out. No, you shit because of what you ate. You no, don't that's shit your, out you, everything listen, you eat. Listen, Dr. Gascon, you dummy, let me explain something to you, okay? Yes. When you have, you don't understand this, because I'm in a special class, yeah. all right? Protected class. Yeah. I, I should Disabled. get a handicap placard because I don't have my gallbladder anymore. But let me let me explain. All right? It doesn't matter. When, when you fast and have your gallbladder out, you could literally eat the healthiest dish in the world of nothing but vegetables, and you are still going to have to shit your pants or, or as quickly as possible because within a half an hour to an hour, it hits you. I'm telling you. I, I, I speak from experience. A Jim from Kentucky writes in, says, two years ago, my wife also had her gallbladder removed. See that? I am bringing in the gallbladder removed group of the audience. That's great. Uh, then he says, since I have gone sixty, I have gone sixty-one in a thirty-mile-an-hour zone to avoid an unromantic situation. Apparently, his wife had uh, the same thing I had happen. And uh, then he says, what's the worst-case scenario you will break a law for the unavoidable inevitable? Uh, so I think what he's asking here is like, what laws would you break uh, to avoid shitting? Yeah, in your pants. Yeah. 
Um, well, I would like run through. I would treat uh, red lights like stop signs. Um, you know, at night. You, know, you can do that at night. During the day, you really can't do that. You get well, smashed up. That's not true. I mean, we're in L.A. You could do this in L.A. and San Francisco with no regard. Oh, well, people do. Yeah, right. People do uh, go through. and But, uh, but Jim, I think that's about it. I mean, I would go through some red lights. Uh, I mean, obviously speeding. Does it work like if you're speeding to the hospital, you know, that cliche in Hollywood movies, the, the, the TV or movie trope where the uh, guy's driving to take his pregnant wife to the hospital and he gets pulled over and the police are, oh, no, I'm not going to give you a ticket. I'll give you an escort to the hospital. Yeah, I don't Does know. Does that actually happen in real life or is that just in the movies? I, you know what? Uh, for the sake of, of this podcast, I hope we can be in the same general vicinity when this happens to you. We could be in the car and something can bad can happen to you and i need to hit the gas well i'll tell you what when you pay off the super bowl bet that you lost and oh, buy me tito's tacos if i'm an hour away from where i need no, to no, be no, you no, can no. watch you know, fast going into that you can you can be there No, that bet was for for race day at santa anita i, I changed it to tito's tacos no, fuck you after the fact i changed it to tito's tacos that's embarrassing yeah all right uh but i would like to go to the track but you're always working the day that works to go to the track well, I guess maybe next next week we can maybe go to the go to the track. Yeah, we'll we can do figure that. it out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Brian from Northbridge, Massachusetts, writes in. He says, "Ben, I am wondering how no talent, thin skin, bad at parking, douchey McDouche bag Gascon can even keep a job in radio." Your thoughts? Well, it's easy. It's uh... no. He asked for my thoughts, not your thoughts. Well, he should ask for my thoughts. Well, you have photos of people with farm animals. Isn't that how you have? Nah, uh, I'd be, I wouldn't be here with you laboring Big for dogs and peanut butter. Yes? <laughs> no? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, here's one from Rick in Beantown in Boston. He says, have you ever been to an Asian massage parlor? Uh, no, I have not, uh, Rick. I've not gotten to that particular moment in my life. Uh, I'm not looking down on other people, but I don't. I don't really like strangers uh, like massaging me. I know that's not really a real massage; that it's more like a tug and rub situation. But uh, I, I, we had a sponsor years ago. There was this day spa. Can you imagine a day spa sponsoring a sports radio show. <sighs> Doesn't seem like the target demographic, but they were trying to get guys. They figured yeah. they'd get the male demo and they'd come to the day spa. So whatever. Um, so they kept. They really were badgering me to get a massage, like a full. Like they wanted to show how they were so proud of their business. They wanted yeah. to show me how great these massages are, and I would never allow them to do it because I'm like, I don't want some weird dude touching my, you know, whatever. So I never did it. But that was just like a regular massage. But I, the, the furthest I've gone. Uh, with my wife, when she's getting the mani and the petty, yeah, uh, I'll uh, have my toes tickled. That's about it. What about the Thai massage places where they have they do like hands and feet and then your scalp? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he's talking about that. I think Rick I is talking about. Yeah, I know. No, but I've never been. Have you been to those? Yeah, they have a bunch of those in yeah. like you know west of the four hundred five club. Do you ask for the special menu? Uh, no, I do not ask you do for not. the special menu. No, but I've I've gone with females in the past that have taken me and they rave about it. And then, yeah, it's always amazing that you have a small little woman that's five foot one, five foot two, like stepping on your back and kneeing you and grinding on your on your muscles and getting out the kinks and the knots and all that stuff. So yeah, it's for twenty twenty five bucks. It's a deal.
Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm good. Uh, Carlos in Houston writes, and he says, what is both of your guys' favorite types of beer and alcohol? Uh, that's from Carlos. Well, Carlos, I've become a bit of a teetotaler in recent years, but back in the day, I would pretty much drink any beer. Uh, lately, I, I only drink a couple times a year, and I am such a lightweight. My favorite beer is root beer beer because it tastes like root beer, and it's got a high alcohol content, higher than normal beer, and it's uh, filled with sugar, and it's delicious and wonderful. It's not, what's it called, not your father's or not your neighbor's or something like that. Not your grandfather's. I don't remember exactly what it's called. Something along those lines, and it's, it's wonderful. Well, um, I... You're a big drinker, Gascon. You I, like high-end alcohol. I do, but I like whiskey. So I like Macallan. I like whiskey scotch. My favorite beer, actually, one of my sisters introduced me to, um, it's by a company that's based out in Florida. And I don't know the exact pronunciation for it, but it's called, I call it, or she calls it, uh, Jilai. And it's this, it's this pale ale, and... Man, it tastes delicious. It's an Indian pale ale, and I believe it's 7.2% or 7.5, but I went to a hotel that was down there, so my sister was showing me around town, and the bartender had it. He was showcasing it for a bunch of other people. My sister says, you don't want that beer. And I said, why? And she said, because it's so strong that have a couple of them, you're on your ass. And so I asked the bartender, I was like, hey, is this true? And he's like, I actually had three of them last night, and I had a bad hangover this morning. And I had it, and it was delicious. It's an Indian pale ale. It's in a green can, so it almost looks like, uh, uh, I don't know, like, like not like squirt, um, but it, it's like a green can, green and yellow can. And it tastes good. It's it's a delicious beer. It's not filling, but circling all the way back. I, I like Macallan, you know, like Macallan 12, Macallan 15. The double castles are always good. I don't get in that mode anymore of drinking a lot. So most of my yeah. friends are all married and boring and all that shit. So, yeah, I got a pro tip for you. If you ever go out with Gascon and you offer to buy a round of drinks, don't do it. We, me, and the wife are still trying to pay off the booze that he asked idiot. for. You're an idiot. at a club I, in Hollywood. First of all, uh, you know, typically, uh, I, I know you don't understand no. first uh, of all, social graces. I, like, no, no, don't say first. Of all, I'm not done. Okay, I, I bought, I'm not done, I, you moron. I bought so her drink when first. somebody offers to buy a round of drinks, I did. You first. don't ask for the most expensive drink at the bar. No, because if you do, you're a schmuck, oh. and that's exactly what you did no okay it's alcohol and any kind of liquor at a bar or lounge these days is usually about 15 to 16 dollars that's exactly what i did and for the record i didn't care what i bought you guys i didn't look at the price tag i'm not frugal like you i don't give a shit it's no, just but, it's uh, just well, money listen. It's just it's money. Just money. Yeah. You know, listen, you say that I got you know I'm, I just got a twenty thousand dollar debt on a new kitchen. Well, that's your problem, not mine. Well, exactly. And so, but you made it my problem because How? you I didn't live ordered in your the house. most expensive goddamn drink at the fucking bar. No, I definitely did not. If you look up McCallan Twelve on a menu in a bar or a lounge, you'll see that it's the least yeah. priced. No, I haven't even heard scotch. of it. I, even, I mean, what a douchebag! You even know what that is? Of course. All right, uh, Dan and Cal. Shut up, uh, Dan. And Kalamazoo writes in says who's going to replace gag on when he gets the coronavirus and can that happen soon also how's the kitchen coming along well Dan the kitchen's almost done what a fucking loser we, we have the uh, we have the kitchen sink in um, there was a setback with the 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 backsplash but uh, hopefully 
it'll be completely finished. Uh, I, I thought it was already going to be done, but hopefully by next week, maybe even by the end of this weekend, it'll be done. Uh, Jana in Salt Lake says, I listen to both podcasts daily. I am not a fan of Gascon, oh. but Gascon, Jana says... Uh, that uh, she says that he seems like less of a douche tool than Koopa Loop. Oh, uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh man! Says, this is not a question, just an opinion. Uh, but I appreciate the uh, both shows. Uh, all right. Uh, well, thank you, Janet. Very kind. You you able you were able to attack both Gascon and Coop at the same yeah, time. Great job. Thanks for your valuable <laughs> opinion. Thanks <laughs> for your contribution good. by clicking on this for sixty seconds. Nice, nice uh, woman there in Salt Lake. All right, uh, yeah. Jason, Jason in Rocky Mount writes in yeah. Rocky Mount, Virginia. He says, Ben. Uh, for both of you, have you ever been hornswoggled into trying a new food and regretted it? Of course, pre-gallbladder uh, removal. Yeah, I don't usually try new foods. I'm at the age where I pretty much know exactly what I like, and very rarely, very rarely will I try some new things. Occasionally, my wife will get me to try something like cauliflower or some weird crap like that that I'll just you know, say is disgusting, but, uh, but normally, no. Um, I am a creature of habit, and I've gotten to the age where I know what tastes good and what doesn't taste good, and I pretty much stay in my lane. As they say. What about Gascon, of course, you're an elitist west of the 405 guy. Yeah. So you probably try all kinds of new foods and like to brag to your friends about all the new things you're trying because you're so woke. No, nah, definitely not woke. I uh, This is years ago, but I'd gone on a date and this Congratulations. Woman, was it with a woman? Yeah, it was with a woman. Okay. Um, she was a big seafood type of, of woman and she recommended I try squid. Not a fan of it. I actually like nearly threw up it was it was that bad i had to wash what it down do you think it i mean I, I i look at squid as the like the texture of it i mean i want no part of that i of course but i, I kind of like to try everything once in life so i didn't reject everything it. really well nearly everything you can take reason. that to the extreme gas gun well of course i mean i'm, I'm not gonna be <laughs> flying i'm not gonna be flying first class to china anytime soon so all right uh, moving on brie from the oc i think you know this person says if you had a choice of ranch being illegal or Gascon not being able to park in the structure ever again uh, so he'd have to park on the street like the interns do uh which would you choose this is by one of our former interns uh Gascon oh, sent this in yeah. and uh see the uh the answer is I'd rather have Gascon park out on the street so his car can get broken into again uh that's that's what I would like to see happen there uh, and make ranch illegal from the shores of Maine all the way to Hawaii and Alaska and everywhere in between. Uh, absolutely. How about that, though? That's, that's what she remembers from her internship is that she had to park on the street. Well, considering the fact that you don't park down the street next to the studio, you have to park blocks down from the studio in order to get here as an intern. Yeah, you have to cross <laughs> several major streets. Yeah. With a bunch of drunk drivers running around, it's just uh, good times. Even, yeah, even part-time employees have to park down the street from the studio, which is absurd. But yeah, I, I want to point out that this was a big accomplishment. Like I felt like I had arrived at Fox Sports Radio because I originally had to park in that parking lot. Yeah, where you walked out of the building, walked down a block, crossed the street, crossed another street, walked down three more blocks, and then you got to the parking lot. Yeah. 
And uh, but then they finally gave me the the parking in the main building. Yeah, I was like, well, now I've arrived. Listen, I, I don't really appreciate the fact that Bree is sucking up to you. I know that uh, you're a big fan of hers, and she's a big fan of mine. But I, I really don't. Well, apparently, you're a big you... fan of hers based on your Instagram. I, mean, I see that uh, you follow her on there. What's yeah. wrong with that? I'm I colleagues, mean, I talk to everybody, well, interns, part time, full time. Point out that Bree puts up with you, but she wanted an intern on the show. On our show, but what not allowed because we do an overnight show. No interns allowed, unfortunately. Yeah. She'd probably get here a little too early. <laughs> probably get here like around <laughs> she, 10 she probably, yes, get, It's a bad look when the intern gets there before the producers. <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> Then she'd end up like producing the show. and it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's funny. All right. Uh, Mark in Ottawa writes and he says, if you had to pick one, which would it be? Number one, getting kicked in the nuts one time number two getting punched in the face twice or number three drinking half a gallon of delicious ranch dressing all right this one's easy i I got a pretty big face and a pretty powerful face so i wouldn't mind being punched in the face a couple of times i think that would be fine i would love to see one of those russian slap competitions Oh yeah, yeah. That would be. I'd, I'd be fine with that if you want to slap me a couple times. If it meant not having to eat ranch dressing, <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, Henry off. writes in. Henry says, "Has soccer officially passed hockey as the fourth mainstream sport in the U.S.?" Absolutely not, Henry. Stop, stop. The, these people with with the soccer for the last fifty years in America and probably before that, they have been you know getting on the bully pulpit there and uh what's the word i'm looking for preaching i don't know if that's word. prostatizing is that the word prostatizing i think that's the word they have been saying that soccer is going to pass everything by and it's it's bullshit it you know soccer is obviously uh, it, the mls does pretty well but it's still a niche sport in the united states it is uh and you know, soccer is at its heyday when people wrap themselves in the flag every four years for the World Cup. The only for the big deal. Only for the women. Well, well, yeah, the men don't even qualify. <laughs> but uh, men's team yeah. is horrific. But I mean, that Euro Cup is fun. But when you watch soccer in the United States, and then you take the time to watch the English Premier League. Ben, it's like sitting in a in a Toyota Camry and then getting into a Ferrari. Like, these are just different different animals. And the- I think a better analogy, just to touch up your work, would be like comparing an AAF game to an NFL game. Yeah, or watching yeah. the NBA versus the WNBA. I- well, you 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 like the WNBA? No, I don't. But that's that's the idea <laughs> here is that the 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 level of of brilliance at the European level is just drastically different than what we here have in the United States. And on top of that, even if it was surpassing the NHL in the United States, it's not going to overcome Canada. So, I mean, North America, I mean, I, I get it, but you have to go past the NHL, Major League Baseball, the NBA. That's not going to happen. I, it could be on the level of the NHL, but it's still niche. Yeah, no, I, I got it in the, in the niche category. All right, we got a couple study this uh, stories. This is where we decide whether it's real or bullshit. There is a new study out that found that drivers of flashy vehicles – are much less likely to stop and allow pedestrians to cross the road. And they claim that depending on how expensive your car is, they, they broke this down. They said the likelihood that you will not stop for people crossing the road 
you know, not slow down. It decreases by 3% for every extra $1,000 your vehicle is worth. I'm going to believe that. Yeah, I believe it too. Yeah. I, I, I also believe when you have a, an expensive car, you've decided that the you don't need to use the blinkers when you cut people off oh no. on the highway. Yeah. Like, I don't mind if you cut me off, but at least have the courtesy to f- flash your blinker, to make it seem like you're trying to be a, a kind driver. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I Especially near where we work, Sherman Oaks, Studio City, um, Hollywood, North Hollywood, and, and West LA, there's a lot of that going on, and you can easily identify the vehicle. Yeah, it's, it's all the Hollywood fucks uh, and their Teslas and their yeah. Beamers and their Escalades that are trying to get back out to to uh, Calabasas, where a lot of them live, out in those compounds near the Kardashians, yeah. and they're driving around there, and it's like the Autobahn. It's, it's a freaking joke. Yeah, well, what do you expect? All right, here we go. Uh, what would you say, Gascon, makes the perfect wedding? A new survey of 2,000 Americans who plan on getting married said that this would all, the only thing you really need is this to make for a perfect wedding. What do you think it is? I'd say weather. See, weather, you think, what about flowers, the dress, the venue, any of that? No. But you're going to go with this guys don't weather. shit about the dress. Well, you kind of do, you know. Uh, no, according to this new survey... This is great. It's an open bar. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. You agree with that yeah, or disagree? I, I agree with that 1,000%. There's nothing more annoying than having to, especially if you're a, a groomsman or a bridesmaid, not only do you have to buy a gift, but then you either have to buy a tuxedo or a dress and then the makeup and the hair and the pictures you're spending more money to be a guest, a special VIP guest at this wedding than you are actually of any other part. So you need to have at least a little something coming your way. Having an open bar is not asking a lot, especially if you don't have, if you have 50 to a 75 or 100 people, that's that's not a bad thing. That's not asking too much. Now, I haven't been to too many weddings. I've been to more funerals than I have yeah. weddings, which says a lot about me. But uh, my since I, I got with my, the wife, we've gone to more weddings because, you know, she's, you know, women go to more weddings or whatever. And my favorite part of going to weddings is when they have an open bar, but it's only open for like an hour, hour. and a half or yeah. two hours. Yeah. The mad rush before the bar is about to start charging where people are desperately trying to get their little cups of whiskey and scotch and bourbon. and It's just hilarious. Yeah. I love it. Now, you know from your experience at weddings, when you go to weddings, typically in the middle of, of the table, whatever group you're with, there's usually a, a two bottles of wine, like a red and a white. Uh, when I went to Europe a couple of years ago for my buddy who got married to a Polish woman. Humble brag, humble uh, brag, humble brag. The wedding was in Poland, Ben. Congratulations. And, and the best part about this for the re, for the actual ceremony, I mean the reception itself, is it was a seven-course meal, and they didn't have any wine at these tables. Ben, they had multiple bottles of chilled vodka. Really? It, it, that was the style of the Polish. It was, it was I think it was Finnish vodka. It was delicious. But that's all we had. We didn't have anything else. There was an open bar that was available with a little bit of beer, but everyone uh-huh. was just pouring down the vodka. It was, and you had it on tap. It was like water, and 
It was absolutely fantastic. That was one of the best weddings. Look at that! You have so fond memories, such fond memories. I don't like going to weddings. You are such a disgrace. Can't I just share these stories with you and and the the global masses of of iHeartRadio and iTunes? You love that tornado juice, is what you love. love (laughs) Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Here's a a new study out. It says your brain recognizes familiar music in blank. How long does it take your brain to recognize, you know, name that tune? Yeah, name that tune. I'll name that tune in two seconds. Believe it or not, according to this study, it is less than half a second. Oh, shit. University University College London finds that the brain is capable of recognizing familiar music in an incredibly short amount of time, within yeah. one tenth of a second, yeah. it's being played. I got a, I get a good, a good skill, and I think a couple of your listeners that that always recommend soundtracks and things to listen to while they work out. I will say, I have a great skill of identifying the movie when I hear the music right away. It doesn't matter what it is, as long as I've watched it once, I can always identify that movie with with a yeah. sound. I my I'm not really great with music because I like music, but I'm not a music hardo guy. But what I am good at is I can really recognize callers' voices <laughs> right away. Uh, like after a couple words, sometimes they try to prank call me, and I'm yeah. pretty good at detecting my my radar is able to detect. All right, here's a new survey that finds blank percent of Americans think that air travel is more stressful than going to work. Fuck. Um. I'm going to say 38%. And according to the study, 55% oh of God. Americans think that air travel is more stressful than going to work. Do you agree with that, uh, Gascon? You travel a lot uh, for work? <laughs> I'm going to say, no, I don't agree with that. People oftentimes are, are bad travelers, as it is. I do think it's a it's a crock of shit that I think in October, 
we're required, at least people that want to travel are required to pay and and get a, what's it called, a real ID? Oh, I already got that. Yeah, we well, just Did go you? down to the DMV. It's a, it's a tax. The yeah. real ID is a tax to get more money for the government. So how much did you pay for it? Uh, I don't remember. We got it last year. The funny thing is, like, uh, we don't have a passport. We might say, oh, we should get a passport. But we yes. don't go anywhere, so what's the point? Well, you should go somewhere, asshole. Like, you should. <laughs> I would have until my kitchen malfunctioned, and now I can't <laughs> so afford to go nice anywhere. Nice fucking cop out. That's just reality. It's, no. it's being a grown-up. It's no. called budgeting. Yeah, it is, is what budget. It is. Budget of vacation. No, but I, here's my thing on, on, on travel. Uh, I think it depends on how much you weigh. Because I know when I was morbidly obese, I dreaded traveling because you have that uncomfortable thing where you have to ask for the seatbelt extender, which is very uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, You feel very awkward about that. And then you realize that the seats aren't designed for you. You're not going to fit in one seat. So f- some of your blubber is going to be on the person next to you, which is, which is also annoying. And then the, the final thing is that there's the great unknown like, unless you're traveling with somebody. Like, I used to travel when I was you know, doing stuff in baseball. Stuff. I traveled by myself. Yeah. And so you never knew who was going to sit next to you. Are they going to be nice? Are they going to smell? Are they going to be rude? Are they going to be a drunk? Are they going to be, uh, you know, just an asshole? You have no idea. So it's like, and, and then I always would get on the plane a lot. Not always, but most of the time I get on the plane. And the last person on the plane, I, my seat would be open. You know the ne- the seat next to me, yeah. and I'm thinking, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have an open seat next to me, and then the last person on the plane before they close the door comes right into my seat. Now, Hate ha- that. Have you ever been blue balled into first class? Uh, I I well, I flew first class a couple of times. Ah, nice. And uh, one time though, they sold the same. There were two tickets for the same seat that were issued. Oh, oh man. And we fought, and I lost. They threatened to arrest me. At the airport no, in did. Memphis, Tennessee. No, they didn't. Yeah, I was on a connecting flight from Cleveland to Miami in the oh. World Series uh, back in the 90s. Yeah. And because uh, no direct flights from Cleveland anywhere. <laughs> and uh, so we stopped in Memphis. And you know, this was before 9 11 and all that. And so, you know, I was like, I'm first class ticket. I'm sitting first class. And this guy's, no, I, I paid more for the ticket or whatever he said, whatever he said. And so the flight attendants were trying to figure it out. And uh, I said, I'm not leaving the seat. He said, he's not leaving the seat. So they decided, I think they flipped a coin, and they decided that the guy got the seat. I didn't get it. I still was not going to get off the plane. I was very ardent. I was going to stay there. And then, so finally, one of the police officers came on and said, if you don't get off the plane, we're going to charge you with a federal crime. Oh. And uh, got off the plane. (laughs) Wow. Got off the plane. What airline was it? Uh, it was either American or Delta. Oh, okay. I don't remember which one. I had that happen to me on, not arrested, but Delta. They were ready to, uh, take off and close the doors. A flight attendant put me in first class. Oh, really? I I buckle my seat. Captain's ready to give instruction about departure. And they open up the doors and a guy comes in and it was his seat. And so they had to push me back into economy. I was so fucking. It was a trip. Oh, that's a trip to the East Coast. It was a five-hour flight. I think that airlines, as a act of customer service, you know how like when you go to a baseball game. I guess this is a hot idea, hot tip for the airlines. You know how when you go to a baseball game and there's no one sitting behind the dugouts and you can sneak down and sit yeah. behind the dugouts yeah. in the more expensive seats. I believe on a plane. When they close the doors and there's open seats in first class, 
they should have like a raffle on the back. Yeah. And somebody from the economy class gets bumped up. How much fun would that be? That would be great. Wouldn't that be great? It would be wonderful customer service for the airline. And they have to prepare each flight with enough food and drinks for people in first class. So why not give back to the consumer? Yeah. You know what? One of our listeners, I think it goes by the handle of I'm a pilot. I got to ask him this because. Oh, he likes you. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a troublemaker, that guy. He's good. But the troubling thing is, though, Ben, is that I'm sure you've been on flights where there's nobody on there. And yeah. God forbid they bring you up to business or first class. I That happened to me two summers ago where I hopped on an international flight and I was in economy for Virgin and I was packed in like a sardine, but there was nobody on this flight. I mean, nobody. And me and another guy who was your size, like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, we went to economy plus, which is two rows in front, ready to take off and the flight attendants come and they're like, hey, can we see your ticket? Show them the ticket. And they're like, well, you need to go back two rows. It's like there's nobody on this fucking flight. What's it to you? Because uh, they have to work, right? They don't want to. It's extra work if you're in the first class cabin. Well, no, I, 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 I'm also offended, Gascon, by that stupid little curtain that they close, which is like, <laughs> it, it, to me, that's the equivalent of the 405 freeway, right? You're on the, you're on. It's the, it's the great divide there. It's the point of demarcation. Yeah. The haves and the have-nots. You're either on one side of the curtain yeah. where you're sitting there and you're, you're drinking shots of booze and all that stuff, or you're on the other side where you're, you're lucky if you get stale peanuts. Yeah, well, it's kind of like me when I walk in here to Fox Sports Radio every so often. So, <laughs> <laughs> you've got a harem of engineers to follow around and clean up your mess. Yeah, when man. you walk into the Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. How about this? More than one fourth of Americans now have tattoos, including nearly fifty percent of millennials. Yeah, have tattoos. And they love the tattoo, according to a new research. You get a lot of people now with neck tattoos and facial tattoos and full-blown sleeves. Now, let me ask you this. Now, I don't, I'm not in the tattoo game, but will, there, will we see a generation of people that copy Post Malone and get the facial tattoo? Mike Tyson, right? Um, yeah, but the, what Tyson only did one side. He was supposed to do the other side, and then he chickened out. Are you are you hireable? That's the thing. If you get millennials or, or the generation X Y Z A B C that is getting Gen Z, yeah, yeah, but they're getting these tattoos. I would imagine they they probably work from home or they're independent or they're entrepreneurs. I. I don't well, see if everyone it. eventually has, it's kind of like you know, naked pictures of yourself on the internet. If yeah. everyone has naked pictures of themselves on the internet, well, eventually the president will have naked pictures of himself on the internet. You know what I mean? It's like one of those deals. Uh, given enough time, you would never get a tattoo. No, no, I, don't, I, I change my mind about things. You know, I don't want to commit to that. Yeah, no. Plus, you got to get maintenance on the tattoo and all that. <laughs> yeah, which is even more amazing to me about the bullshit with Jose Altuve and the whole talking about him getting a tattoo and it's on his chest or collarbone. I mean, pardon me if I'm wrong on this, but correct me, Ben. If you're getting a tattoo during the ALCS or the ALDS, I think you need time for maintenance to uh, put any kind of protective sealing on it, to, to treat it, to cover it. I don't know if you'd be doing that, spending two, three, four hours in a tattoo parlor and then going to play a game. I just see that as so far-fetched especially at that time of the season of Major League Baseball. Yeah, well, my favorite tattoo story with baseball up until Altuve was the there was a pitcher for the Expos who I actually knew he was a douchebag, uh, Jeff Juden. 
and he missed a start because he had an infection that uh-huh. was caused by a tattoo gone wrong. He opening one of his he wasn't the opening day starter, but one of the the first starts of the year he missed because of a infection from a bad tattoo. Wow. About Spe- that. Speaking of which, um, the Astros right now are on pace to be hit nearly one and a half times per game. That's up from the major league average last year, which was point four one. Yeah, good. You know, I, I, and I like how these uh, hard-o baseball. I said this this week on the show, but I like how these hard-o baseball people are like. Oh no, that wasn't intentional. <laughs> Just keep hitting them with breaking pitches. These idiots won't. They, it'll take them for half the year before they realize what's going on. Yeah, but it's like a slow death that way. It's like, yeah, death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Wouldn't you prefer Roldis Chapman or someone that's throwing 99, 100, and no, no, I, I, I'm in it for the long game, not the short game. Okay, fair enough. I don't want to see anyone die getting hit in the head or whatever or in the face with a fastball no. but i'm fine with a lot of bruising bruising on the legs or the back Ribs, maybe back, a shot yeah. at the wrist i'm okay with that yeah no, i am too i hope it uh it will continue for 162 games so all right a uh, new survey found that blank percent of americans have made rude gestures while driving oh i think this is high i think this is like 72 percent well, I think your number's right. This number, I don't not buy. I think this is bullshit. Said thirty eight percent of Americans have made rude gestures while driving. I do it all the time, but I do. I, I've talked about this before. I do it in stealth mode. Yeah, like I will give you the bird, but I will have my eyes focused in you know, front windshield. I will not look at the car on the side. And I will have my hand down with full bird extended. Yeah. And that is my way to give you the bird without you knowing I'm giving you the bird. But see, here's the other thing, too, is that I could be driving next to you, and I can interpret that as you giving me the bird, but you could just be on your phone. You could be talking with your hands while you're while Yeah, you're that's the, the great thing. You don't know about that. And they say 80% of the people that give rude gestures, uh, 80% of them don't know if that road rage is a criminal offense. Yeah. About that. Yeah. And uh, they said road rage can start with an obscene gesture, but it can quickly escalate gas gun yeah. into something dangerous or deadly. Said 39% of men and 29% of women say they've experienced road rage against them. I believe it. Yeah, I've had. I mean, you know, we live in the L.A. area and people drive like a complete assholes. So there, there, uh, absolutely. <laughs> there's one group of people I will never, ever have road rage with. And, and that, you know, too well out here, Ben, is is motorcyclists. <laughs> um, well, I cannot stand the fact that motorcycles are allowed to drive between lanes. Yeah. This is the dumbest thing to me. Uh, and I guess in some states they're not allowed to. I think in, was it New Jersey? I read somewhere that in some states you're not allowed to do that. But I think it's so stupid. And you're just asking to to get smashed. Because most people driving are not looking out for motorcycle drivers driving in between the lanes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Can't read that one. What do you mean uh, you can't read that one? We're on a podcast. Uh, I don't know. I think it's bad. That's why I don't want to no. read it. Uh, hardest working cities in the United States, according to a new ranking out based on employment rate, average number of hours worked per week, and number of people working multiple jobs. This is in all 50 states, Gascon. Go ahead. So we'll Reveal go. answer. See if you can get any of the top five. These are probably hardest cities, though. I'll say San Francisco, New York. Uh, you got one. You got number two is San Francisco. New York is not in the top five. Philadelphia. Not in the top five. Chicago. Not in the top five. Thank God. Um, I will go with, what about OKC? Not in the top five. Oh, man. Uh, uh, let me reveal Los answers. Los Angeles? Not in the top five. Wow. 
All right. Number five on the list. Nashville. No. Irving, Texas. Okay. Irving, Texas. The Dallas, Irving, Texas area there. Uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming is number four. How about that? Never been there. I used to have a guy that worked at Fox Sports Radio, Steve Stilwell, who left to take a radio job (laughs) in Cheyenne, Wyoming. He was a DJ in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yikes. Uh, number three on the list, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Ah, all right. Yeah, shout out to Virginia. Number two, you got San Francisco. And the number one hardest working city in the United States, again, based on employment rate, average number of hours worked per week, and number of people working multiple jobs. Billings, Montana. No. Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, all right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's cold there. You got a, a lot of people working in the oil industry. Right, a lot of that going on. It's a yeah. uh, it's a big to do. Now, have you been to Alaska? I have not. No, have you? No, never. Have you ever Why thought? About, have you ever thought about taking a cruise up there with the misses or or visiting? Um, yeah, my brother. I think both my brothers have been to Alaska. My wife uh, had. We talked about it a couple of years ago, but we uh, have obviously haven't done it. We're more Hawaii people than Alaska people, but I'd like to get up there. Right. Like to check it out. It'd be fun. Why not? Like to hang out in Vancouver and uh, just make a whole like Northwest trip again. Go to Seattle, hang out with my friends in Seattle. Jay do the Scoop, whole thing. the great Jay Scoop. Yeah, yes, I like Jay. Nostradamus, Scoop. Uh, all those guys. Well, you need to have a passport then if you want to do that stuff up in uh, British Columbia. Nah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, what percentage of millennials would rather spend their money on experiences rather than material items? I'll say eighty percent. Close seventy two percent. Yeah, this I'm. I'm. I like to say I'm a millennial. I'm an honorary millennial, but I disagree with that. I, I feel like when I spend my money on an experience, I have wasted my money. Like I, I want something tangible to show for my money. Okay, so on that note, let me ask you this: When you first started in this industry, did you think or worry or even invest in retirement? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I have some stock things and whatnot, but I knew I wasn't going to get a 401k from radio. Yeah. So, but I'm, you know, am I totally prepared to retire? Of course not. No. Of course not. But I'm saying like, did you invest in those things when you were younger or did you, were you all liquid at that time? Well, no, I, I saved a lot of money, but I didn't, because of my mom giving me some wisdom, I did invest in some stuff. Okay that some of it's actually worked out. But I didn't do it at the time thinking I was going to be worried about retirement someday. I never thought I would ever retire. I still don't think I'm going to retire. But, um, but yeah, I, I, and you got to do that. If you're a young, young guy or whatever, a woman, uh, you got to put a little money aside. You, you will hate it when you're young, but you'll love it when you get a little older. Yeah. Unless you're planning on not living very long, then just spend all your money. Who cares? Well, and I think that goes to the point of, why would you, you like the materialistic things, but why not use that for, you know, travel and and gifts and and uh, and taking care of you? Like I, I think the experience alone does more than the materialistic things, right? Breakdown or they're, they're useful once. I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of crap you're buying, but the stuff I buy lasts a long time. Well, think about it. cell phones, laptops, computers. It's all made to be broken, right? You got to buy something new next year, the year after that. Yeah. All right. So you spend a few hundred bucks at a concert, and then well, how do you benefit from that? Well, it's just fun. It's entertainment. I, I'll give. What you if a per- it's a bad concert? I'll give you a perfect example. Is that in my twenties, 
I loved traveling to Vegas. You know, in the early 2000s, Ben, like Vegas was good. You got comps for just playing whatever you had. You didn't have to worry about ratings or any of that bullshit. But never once did I travel to the East Coast. I never went to Boston, never went to New York, never went to Chicago. And doing that now in my 30s, I completely regret not doing it 10 years ago because... Eh, you don't need to have regrets. Regrets. I do. You don't I, look back. Who cares? Okay. You look forward. Well, you don't look back. Well, I think of you're it not just an because... old man in a rocking chair drinking lemonade. No, but of course. But you're making up for wasted time. Like fucking around in Vegas is one thing, but doing it multiple times for bachelor parties or just to do it as opposed to experience. That's what most people in LA do. Young people go to Vegas and get you know crazy. That's how it works. I know, but but cities like Chicago and Boston and New York and Philly, those are those are great cities. Those are you know, for the dining experiences, for the entertainment, for the sports, for the people, like those things I would rather have than doing a Vegas trip for, for a couple nights just because it's 45 minutes away on a flight or five hours if you drive. All right, so f- fine. I don't know what happened there. There was a dramatic pause, a pregnant pause or whatever. But I think uh, you were digesting all of that. You're you're taking that wisdom along and saying no. Actually, right. full disclosure, truth and broadcasting. Fuck my uh, headphones popped out, so I, had, <laughs> I, had, I, had, I didn't hear any of that. Oh. I did not hear any. I could pretend I did. Oh, uh, smile and I don't nod. think we have too much time here, so we probably should. Uh, do we have any? Don't stick to sports stories. I, you know, I, I would love to not stick to sports today, um, but okay. I, I punted on that situation because oh, you the, did because the 94 minutes of what we were doing. You know what? I do have two things that are not stick to sports related yeah for us but i have more studies if you want i have endless amounts of studies well, you can I, do more of those but, but here i need your help on something all right um i'm staring down the barrel of 40 and i had done something last week that i had not done in, in 18 or 19 years um does the lady know, what's her name do we know the lady's name no it's nothing to do with that um, okay i yeah. actually i make, made the jump ben to go back on the creatine Oh, really? Very yeah. Mark McGuire of you. Yes, like very Andrew Steen, Sosa, McGuire, Griffey. Mm. Um, how did you deal with – How did when you hit 40, how did you, you cope with it? I didn't even think about it. I didn't care about it. That's I didn't, bullshit. I didn't. You are a huge stress freak, so you worry about I, the I, shit I don't all the really, time. I don't. I just keep going. I don't feel like – people – I hear these people, I feel terrible. I – you know, I, I'm amazed. I felt the same when I was you know, way over 400 pounds as I do since I've lost the weight. Oh, so I don't feel you, any better. So why are you losing the weight then? Why do you care so much about losing the weight? Well, because I think I'll get a, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make up. I lived a horrible uh, life no re- health-wise. No regrets, for, Ben. No regrets. For, uh, for I'm not talking about regrets, dummy. You're so offended by that word. Yeah. All right. So uh, I I went for it. I ate a lot of uh, really uh, bad food and was very obese. So I know I've cut down on my lifespan. Yeah. So I'm trying to gain back some of what I lost so I end up where I was supposed to be before I check out. Gotcha. But I'm not worried about the whole vanity thing and all. You know, I mean, everyone, it is important. You can't be ignorant to it. But yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and forget. On that topic, though, Gascon. Uh, here's a, a question. Why does stress turn our hair gray? You got a lot of gray hair, uh, by the way. You dye your hair, but you have a lot. I've seen you without the hair dye. You have a lot of gray hair. I'm getting some of my facial hair. It's it's really disturbing. Uh, Harvard researchers have unlocked the answers. What's that? The it says feelings of stress activate nerves associated with the flight 
or fight or flight response in the human condition. Have you ever taken a stress test before? Uh, I have not. I have not done that. But I listen, I have a stressful job. So I don't, I mean, I'm not like saving people's lives or anything like that. But I have the kind of job where it's competitive and, you know, you work in the business and if things don't go right, you're out of work. They'll get rid of you. They'll throw you away like a tissue. Yeah. Uh, plus, I have to do a lot of the work for the show because of uh, reasons we'll not get into here. Oh. So it causes me more stress that I have to do everything. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have a lot of help along the way, which is problematic. Yeah. So. Well, so, so back to my original question. When you hit 40 and you started breaking down, what did you do? How did you cope with it? I, I didn't break down. I, I was fine. I, it no, was just to me another birthday. I didn't, uh, you know, I'm not. But you are breaking down. No gallbladder, burnt tongue, chipped tooth. I burnt my tongue because my pizza I make is so good I couldn't wait to eat it. It's not because I'm at my age. Uh, but don't you think it's important to worry about these things? As, as no, I mean, you we're all going to get old. We're all going to get ugly. We're all going to die. Yep. And who cares? You know, it happens to us. It happened to everyone before us and everyone after us. Every man, woman, and child gets old, gets ugly. Their hair turns gray. They have health problems, and then they die. If they're lucky, or if not, they are you know ride a helicopter and things go sideways earlier. What an asshole. What a fucking well, asshole. You don't know who I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, I do know who you're referring to. You don't know who I'm referring yeah. to. I have a pretty good idea. You have no idea who I'm referring yeah, well, to. Okay? I have a pretty good idea. You don't know what I'm talking well, about. Well, here's the other thing about not sticking to sports is itinerary. Um, I'm looking at some things for spring training in Arizona and then the draft in Vegas. And then we also might have to do a a business trip to San Francisco here in the next couple of weeks. So, oh, is that right? So how are we going to do all this stuff? Uh, I don't know. I, the Vegas thing, I think, is going to happen, but I'm not. i, I got to wait a few more. Are you going to go to the draft thing? Are you going to go do the, the draft the shenanigans there in Vegas? Well, I, I might, but it might be for, for another production. Oh. So oh, okay. what I was going to ask you about is partaking in the festivities or, or what that is like for you during that week because – Obviously, the demands of your show are different because it's an eleven to three o'clock uh, time uh, West slot. Coast time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about going. I might. I don't know. It's going to be such a clusterfuck on the Strip in Vegas. It's bad when there's nothing going on. This sounds like it's going to be Armageddon <laughs> uh, for traffic. So that scares me a little bit. But uh, I'm probably going to go. But I'll stay in the outskirts. I'm not going to stay in the belly of the beast. Um, Did you but, get one of those uh, rooms at the Rio? Like they're all suites, like the Penguin Suites at the Rio. Yeah, I mean, I, I know some people that are fans of the show that work at the casino, so I might see what I can uh, come up with in regards to a uh, hotel or whatever. We'll we'll see about that. And uh, we were invited by listeners to go to Minnesota, yeah, Philadelphia uh, as well. Now, the guy Fats in Philly wants us to come back there, and he'll he says he's going to roll out the red carpet for us in Philly. So he's uh, going to do a little world tour. Philadelphia is awesome. Now, how about this though? Since baseball is right around the corner, um, do I have your permission to to invite Rob Parker on so we can chat baseball specific? Oh, the great Rob Parker, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a big been, Rob Parker fan. Yeah, he's he's going on a on a cruise. He's taking some trips. He finished Antarctica a couple months ago. So. It's that time of the year, spring training, and then obviously first pitch of 
game one of 162. So we could do like a hard-o baseball podcast? Like yeah, a, I mean, the best thing is he's got range, right? And being a New Yorker and in Detroit, he's got all that stuff yeah. in the East Coast and the Midwest. And he's a Yankee guy. I'm a Dodger guy. Yeah. Uh, something so. like that. Yeah. I'm just know. throwing that out there. <laughs> We'll All see. right, guess good. Very nice. Uh, put the baby to bed, yes? If you want. Uh, you oh, have, you have more? Well, I, you don't have any positive emails about about me? Like no female interaction, like from Tammy or from any of the other females that, uh, that hit you up and sing my praise? And uh, No, I got a whole stack of angry messages from Mark, the full name guy, who <laughs> fills in my inbox with Mark. these horrific horrific messages are, are you getting more people that were bent out of shape about my parking last week or the fact that i took a shot at marcel uh, a couple days ago oh no they they still are upset about your parking fucking losers man uh here's the, one of the emails I, I i get three or four of these emails a day from this mark the full name guy yeah he says i would bet most listeners wish marcel would just fade away he is a boring pompous ass in love with attention he does not deserve mark the full name guy said in this email yeah. he is just soft in the head and the only reason he is taking up airtime is that he is a bootlicker and suck up and yeah. obviously a budding flip I don't know what that means. Uh, he has no real talent or imagination, and what an insult to the intelligence. Yeah. You, the one thing that Mark left out in that, which is a great rant, was the fact that you use Marcel as a crutch and a soundboard so you can check out for five minutes. Uh, let's see. What uh, what else? Well, uh, don't Mark- death air me with that. You know I'm right. I'm not listening to you. Uh, I'm trying to find. I, I got so literally so many of these emails. From Mark, I'm trying to get the one with the most venom because he really, really gets upset. He encompasses a lot of the, the militia. A lot of these I haven't even opened. Uh, he hates Tammy in Montana. He rips Why? Tammy all the time, too. He sends me nasty, Why? nasty things I love about her. Uh, they're blood rivals. Oh. They're blood rivals. Uh, let's see here. Curse, uh, curse of Ben Maller. Mark says, and what do I po- what what do I point to concerning the Astros and Bo Sox cheating scandal? The curse of Ben Maller. He says, of course. Who else forged an old unholy alliance with a Boston-based radio sports talk station? Yeah. And who defended Bill Belichick in the Spygate scandal? Uh, came to public awareness and contrived alibis and downplayed the entire incident. Call it karma if you like. I know what is real the curse of ben maller <laughs> that's exactly it i wonder if he'll go away if the dodgers win a world series this year uh no he'll say it's he'll come up with some excuse uh here's another one from mark your joy is not real it is a, a obvious that you are miserable enough to pretend you are enjoying booze and bean balls. I was talking about the Astros. It is not going to bring the Dodgers a World Series championship, and all that what-ifs don't mean a thing either because you try to minimize the other American League teams and the Dodgers' postseason track record sucks and has sucked their entire history, and then he's like, go out and have some pasta with that Italian guy. <laughs> was the, Is he referring to uh, what's his Los- name from Kansas City? No, he's referring to Lasorda, actually. Oh, God. <laughs> He wants me to now, go have, have pasta you, with Lasorda. Have you got any kind of vitriol from a a news reporter or a writer or like radio or TV talent like that before? 
Oh, you're talking about something I've said on the radio? Yeah, well, you know how, was it the Arizona Republic? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of small hick towns will will uh, write, you know, they'll, they'll have columns. I've been featured in Arizona. I remember the first Houston, time that it happened right? was, in De- it was not in Des Moines, it was a town in Iowa. Okay. Um, and they, I ripped Iowa State. Iowa State had beaten Oklahoma, <laughs> and it was like a big upset in college football, and it yeah. ruined Oklahoma's season. And Iowa State sucked at the time. And I I said what a buzzkill it was, how they ruined the rest of the college football season. And they wrote a column, and it was, I forget what they, they they gave me, the whole whole column was dedicated to me. And they gave me a nickname, and I forget what it was, but it's, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. They just, like, the whole thing was just attacking. I got a kick out of it. (laughs) Well, Houston... I think Houston takes the cake, right? Houston with Deshaun Watson, and obviously you'll get the Astros this year. And then Arizona racing to the defense of Kyler Murray was pretty fucking good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're fanboys, they're lemmings. And you expect it's really good. It's an acid test to find out what, you know, how pathetic your sports town is. Well, depending on how you respond, but are you to this kind of thing? Are you a fan of media conflict? Like you, you've seen some stuff over the last week on social media with media personalities combating and feuding, and yeah. Listen, I don't, you know, I don't really have a problem with. It. I think it's funny or whatever to a point, and you know, it's like, hey, you know, that's fine. And uh, I haven't gotten into too many rhubarbs with like back and forth with the media people. I did get into it with John Heyman, Fuck. Um, but he's you know he he I used to know him and he he was all right. But he's turned into a hardo douchebag. I don't know what happened to him. We need to get you in a room with Cowherd. You and Colin would be a an interesting combination, especially during football season. Cause yeah, do, listen, uh, I'd be willing the, to maybe forego sleep and come on his show sometime or something like that. I yeah. could broker that for you. I could oh, that. sure, yeah. I'm Why sure not? you could we, broker we could that. Do, yeah. We could do football season. We'll do Benny versus a Penny versus Blazing Five. Okay, let's do it. Boom, make it happen. We can do I'm that. sure he'll sign off on that. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong? Right? A Comrex or two? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We got seven engineers that will come in Fuck. and in an hour and a half unpatch something and then it'll work. Yes? Yes. Now, here's the thing, though, is I can only hope now that we put a bow on this thing is that you'll actually <laughs> – tweet it out and try to market it as opposed to rubbing my nose in your shit about spreading it to the masses and trying to elevate you as a talent uh i don't know you're, you're, you're speaking in rubbish and the last two and, weeks i what? have tweeted things out and you have been in defiance of retweeting it or publishing it or bringing it out you know, i don't care it's it's free i don't, I don't care i don't you know, whatever it's do whatever you want that's what you've told Oh, here me. we go. Oh, I, I just, I was sorry. I was distracted. I was looking up the uh, newspaper column, the, the first one that I remember really ripping me. Yeah. And this is in Sioux City, Iowa. And here it is. Uh, this is the lead on the column. What's the title? Um... I don't. Remember. I don't have the. I just have the the, no. uh, the actual story. Anyway, he says uh, quite early on most Saturday mornings, Sioux Cityans, should they choose, are subjected to six straight hours from midnight to six a.m. of a sports radio talk show host named Ben Maller. 
Since the sixth hour is a repeat of the first, Ooh. listeners got to get their dander up twice on the same touchy subject, at least among Iowa State football fans and graduates of the university in general, when Maller referred to Iowa State as a joke of a football program over the years, the condescending and patronizing chatterbox then called Iowa State's running back who scored the winning touchdown in an upset of the number two previously unranked uh, but uh, uh, previously uh, unranked Oklahoma State in Ames, Iowa, the great Jeff Woody, in quotes. And uh, he goes on and rips me some more. But that, that line, I, I use that for a long time, the condescending and patronizing chatterbox. That's poetry is what that is. That, that is good. And right? that's, that's, I mean, he did take a shot at you telling you that you actually tape record an hour on your show, which is lazy radio. So he did. Well, actually, you know, I know you weren't around then. You were probably, uh, you were just a, a, a wink in your parents' eyes there. But uh, that, back in those days, we did five live hours of radio. Oh, man. And they said they needed to get six hours of programming. So they said, just we'll replay an hour. Was that. So you were solo, or you were you with somebody else? No, I was solo. It was five hours a night uh, solo. Holy shit! What a fucking nightmare that was. Uh, good times. Now, did you ever bring on the Prince of Darkness? Uh, yeah. Well, we I worked with him several times. He worked at Fox briefly, you know. But but this is nothing. See that that actually trained me, Gascon. I'm not going to pat myself on the back. Too late, unless I am. Uh, but when I was doing the WEI stuff, oh boy, I would do. Three or four hours on EEI, I have an hour break, and then I do four hours on Fox. I was doing eight hours of radio Yeah, some days. Yeah. Eight hours of radio. And you would purposely have your same listeners call into that show so you can use them as a crutch to navigate through those hours of content on Boston Radio, right? A crutch. So yeah. I, I, having fans that follow yeah. you wherever you go is a crutch. Listen, I, I That's a good approach. If you're a if you're a program director, Gascon thinks having fans follow you from radio station to radio station no. is a crutch. No, calling. That's in. a bad thing. Calling. Well, it's in. a call-in show, dummy. Oh, wow. I give out the number and people call in. You want yeah. me to go to human resources again? Yeah, you could do that. You yeah. think it as a crutch? Boy, I wish your father could give you a ticket, man. He knows people. He can get you a ticket. Well. Get out you know, next time you park like that, I'm not going to even tweet it. I'm just going to send a photo to your dad is what I'm going to do. How about that? <laughs> I'll send a photo to your old man. That's great. Yeah. That, that is absolutely. All right. I, I, I got to go. I got I got things to do. No, you okay? don't. I do. Oh, for fuck's sake. What, are you going to drag this out? We, we already made me wait an hour to begin this. Oh, yeah, this. because I was doing absolutely nothing for an hour and a half. Well, listen, you should have made sure it worked. That's a bad job by you. Yes. Shame on you. And uh, I was here. I was prepared. And, and the engineers all admitted the problem was on your end, not my end. Well, it was on their end. They own the equipment, so it's not on me. I did hear, though. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, that because of what happened, oh boy, they're going to upgrade the equipment in that podcast studio. How yeah. about that? You're bitching and moaning finally paid off. All it takes you- is to have four engineers in a powwow for an hour. <laughs> And, uh, of course, it's always the last place you look, Gascon, because you stop looking, wow. right? It's like when you lose your keys. And you say, oh, I, everyone says, oh, I found it. The last place I looked, there it was. Well, of course, you wouldn't keep looking for something after you found it. Yeah. Well, that's good. That means you don't have to blame anybody else here for fucking with the gear. So props to you on that. Yeah. All right. Can I go now? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, thank you all. Appreciate that. Download this podcast. Tell a friend. You've already downloaded this one. But tell a friend and the other podcast. Have a wonderful, amazing, crazy, great weekend, and I'll get you back on the radio 
Sunday night into Monday, 2 a.m. in the East on Fox and all the iHeart affiliates and non-iHeart affiliates. Have a great weekend. Thanks. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.